the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, we are here, everyone. Thank you for joining us and letting us join you on this beautiful. (laughs) We are back. Yes. Welcome back. Say what? Welcome Welcome back. back. Thank you very much, John. John has been the only one manning the ship here for (laughs) a couple of weeks. I bailed. You bailed. Yeah, we all we all had really good excuses though. We did. I set another world record. Oh, really? This past week, yes, indeed, another world record. I would. I am the oldest gentleman uh, in the history of St. Luke's Baptist Hospital to have an appendectomy. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. I'm just waiting till the... Uh, uh, I, I'm waiting to this end of my life to get all of my adolescent right. illnesses out of your, the way. Your appendix you know. lasted for <clears throat> seventy-two years, years. That's and then good. it was just done. You still have tonsils? That's called. I still have my tonsils, although I have a little bit of swelling in my neck. So I'm thinking, well, tonsillectomy is next. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, get to eat ice cream if I get my tonsils <laughs> taken out. Right. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the say. story. Yeah. Anyway, and, and Stacy, you have been traveling, the world traveler here. Uh, she. And her family have been up in the the big in the Big in Apple, the big up Apple. in the big the state of New York. An and apple a day. <clears throat> where yeah. you went to college and yes. went to school, and so you're showing your husband and your son all of your old all the old stomping grounds <laughs> in New York City. Has yeah, great. It was Will. Uh, he he was assigned New York as a state for a school project this past year. So. He was really excited, and he first I kept asking him, "What are the things you want to do?" He wanted to see Liberty Island. He wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. So that's the first thing we did, and it was great. It oh, was wonderful! Really, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you to tell us something about it, something about the trip, and and what you saw, what you observed. Sure. Uh, we're oh, we Texans down here. We're we're curious about yeah. those nor'easterners. Yeah, or how the world's do. Yeah, and you hear so much on the news, you know, about different states, of course, and of course with COVID uh-huh. tracking different things. And uh, it was really nice to be there and to be boots on the ground, you know, to see. Yeah, to I'd like to see if we to... could get a little bit of a not only a sociological or kind of a patriotic yeah. view of another no, state right, of the right. union, but also from a People a believer's point, point of yeah. view, a Christian's point of sure. view. What 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 do you see in that yeah. great you know we all 
get the idea that it's you know godless pagan <laughs> New Yorkers and all this stuff, and <laughs> who knows it may be true for that matter, but it, I don't know. But uh, tell us a little about how it might have changed sure. from the time you, when you were there in college. Stacy attended. Uh, the King's College, a great, great Christian university there, right in the heart of the New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went to classes in the Empire State Building, and uh, your your dormitory was... Uh, on the same block. So the Empire State Building is on one end of the block, and our dorms are on the other end of the block. And I remember a month had gone by, and I hadn't really, you know, I was just doing classes and stuff. But I kind of paused, and I thought, hey... Have I left this block in a month? And I hadn't. I had not. There's Here you are Wal- in this great city yeah. of the world, and you hadn't I left I hadn't it. even left that block. There's a Walgreens underneath the Empire State Building, or, you know, at the base. And I would just get food there, and I had not left that block for a month. But, yeah, it was it was great. I enjoyed my time. But, oh. yeah, we can talk more about it. Okay, or, um, well, we'll do that. And uh, also, we're going to put our listeners to the task tonight i would like for you folks to listen up and participate with us tonight uh we have moved in our bible readings this past week if you if you go to thebiblelive.com you go there and you follow and you read through the bible with us each each year by the way happy anniversary stacy this is her one full year that she's been helping out here and uh, co-hosting and, and commenting on the scriptures and sharing her insights and thoughts and experiences with God's word. And um, congratulations. Thank I mean, you. You've been, a, you've been a joy to your old man's heart. Here, oh, so thanks, no doubt about it. Um, so anyway, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the scriptures and invite our listeners to tonight to be the prophet. We have just finished up the great prophet Isaiah uh, chapter. Well, we finished it up on Monday of this past week. Uh, we read the final chapters, sixty-four and through sixty-six. Uh, <clears throat> we've given given a great deal of time to the book of Isaiah. Uh, last week, of course, while I was out in, in recuperating, we shared with you a series of special programs that I had uh, recorded earlier about the historicity, the reliability, the uniqueness, the divine uh, inspiration of the scriptures about the Bible itself and and some of the 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 underpinnings, the foundation of why we depend why we read this book on the radio, why this book is such a special uh, book, why it, it contributes so greatly to millions and millions of lives and, and, and may hold even the key to understanding uh, what is happening in our world today. So uh, we, I gave you some uh, past programs that talked about the uniqueness of the Bible, the historicity, the reliability, the dependability of the scriptures. And then we talked about the inspiration. How do we, why do we call it God's word that that God has actually spoken? He's left in a, a, a record for us of his involvement. He has spoken, he has acted, and he has left a record of his involvement in the human experience here in a book. And we talked about why a book, you know, uh, and that's that's also worth talking about. Then we went into um, uh, how to study the Bible. We talked about uh, studying biolog- bi- biographically, studying book by book. You can study uh, biographically, study individuals. You can study themes, topics and themes. So different ways to study the Bible and to guard and conserve your Bible 
lessons, the things that you learn from the scriptures and your sermons you listen to, the conversations, the Bible studies you attend and so on, how to uh, uh, put together a, a filing or system or, uh, to store and keep the the um, the results of your Bible study. And then what if the Bible were never written? What would have been what? how the world would be different. Uh, and, of course, none of those topics could we cover mm, worthily in a worthy way in such a short period. But we I hope I gave you a good, solid um, reasoning and, and uh, underpinnings for why this book is so very, very important to us. And now we come back, we're going to pick up, we read the book of, uh, finished the book of Isaiah and started the book of Jeremiah, the great prophet Jeremiah now. <clears throat> in this past week. So we'll be covering today the first 13 chapters in our discussion about it. But I'm, more than that, I'm going to invite you, once we look at a little bit of the history of Jeremiah, I'm going to invite you to uh, answer a couple of questions. Uh, why was the temple destroyed? Why was Israel uh, destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army in 586 B.C.? from from a biblical or, or a god's view point of point of view i'd like you to give me some of your thoughts about why that happened why did was jerusalem destroyed and uh they were scattered dispersed over all of the world and then secondly <clears throat> how do we apply that to the times in which we are living when Nebuch- uh, when Jeremiah started his ministry in the 13th year, I believe it was, of a young king named Josiah. Hezekiah, his grandfather, had been a great king, uh, a, a godly king, led a time of revival, but it was quickly forgotten and, and uh, overwhelmed by the wickedness of uh, Ammon, his son, and, and then his grandson. And then comes his grandson Josiah, who led a, a, another revival, a time of re- awakening and revival in his time. And Jeremiah begins, begins his ministry in, I think it was about the 13th year of this young king Josiah's reign. And remember about the 13th year is when Josiah had that experience of finding the laws of God. They were cleaning up the temple. It had fallen into uh, ruin, into disuse, uh, dusty and, and, and falling apart. And, uh, and Josiah got the uh, priest busy cleaning it up and so on. And they found an old copy of probably the book of Deuteronomy. Might have been the Pentateuch, the Torah. Uh, but, and they read it to him. They just simply read the scriptures out loud mm-hmm. to Josiah, and he began to weep, mm-hmm. and and it touched him deeply. He was a teenager, 16, 17 years of, a, of age, um, <clears throat> maybe a little older, maybe 19, 20, but he began to weep, and then he had the people come together. Remember, the king was supposed to read the laws to the people every seven years. Uh, but, but they didn't do that, of course, with any regularity. It's like the other uh, commands of God that God gave them about letting the land lie fallow, not you know 
plowing the land and harvesting the land for on the seventh year every year, give the land a, a year of rest every seven years. They didn't do that either. But uh, he read the book to the people publicly, and they wept, and they cried, and they tore their clothing in repentance. And it it sparked, the reading of the scriptures sparked a great revival in the time of young King Josiah. That was the um, that was the original name of this radio program. It, it was not the Bible Live. It was the Josiah Project. Yeah, I Remember, I gave you a set of the of the uh, Bible readings, oh, yeah. and the name of it was the Josiah Project mm-hmm. yeah. at that time, way way back twenty years ago this year. Yeah. So not only is this your first year, it's my twentieth year on the radio with the Bible Live. Mm-hmm. And it's your mother and I, it's our 50th year on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. And we've been uh, on the mission field now, right out of college, both of us, Texas Tech, West Texas State University, right out of college, we came on to kids, just kids. And we've been... Mom Beach, actually, this is her 50th year. I know, it's her first... Well, I'm measuring my... Oh, it's really your 49th? Uh Yes, but... But You're, technically, legally, even on staff, uh-huh. you are measured by the time of the wife. That's right. And you were supporting her. <clears throat> yes, I was. So I was one of her financial were... <laughs> supporters. Smart. $20 a month. <laughs> no, $10 a month. It was $10 Yeah, a 20 month. would be a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> 10 was pretty much, yeah, I guess, <laughs> back in those days. But anyway, I was a supporter, uh, $10 a month. And then a year later, I married my missionary. Yay. And so we came on staff together. And we've been now 50 years on staff, uh, and when we came on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ in 1971-72, there were 3.8 billion people in the world. Okay. That was the population of the world. Okay. And we came on with Bill Bright's invitation to come help change the world. We came on to help meet the challenge of helping fulfill the Great Commission mm-hmm. in this generation. Our our task, our reason for coming on staff, the reason for Campus Crusade even came to exist mm-hmm. was to begin a movement of spiritual multiplication that would result in the whole world, every human being on planet Earth, hearing the gospel, being having the chance to, to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when we came on staff, that challenge was 3.8 billion people. Now, here we are 50 years later. It's 7.7 billion people is the population. We're double the population (laughs) in 50 years. Uh But but about 10 or 15 years ago, it was announced uh, very authoritatively, not only by Campus Crusade for Christ uh, uh, world uh, leader at that time, Steve Douglas, who took Bill Bright's uh, stepped into Bill Bright's uh, position as the president of Campus Crusade. Steve Douglas w- was in the custom of meeting every year. He met with uh, a, a, a a group of the, of the largest evangelical mission agencies in the world, mm-hmm. you know, Southern Baptists and, and others, uh, YWAM and Youth for Christ and Young Life and other great ministries. I, I, I'm sure I'm not mentioning them all, denominations and ministries, uh, some parachurch, some denominations. All over the world. And right. All over the world. And they would meet, the leaders of all these ministries would come together twice a year <clears throat> to study a big world map, mm-hmm. 
and look at and I remember at the t- uh, there was a time when uh, the unreached people groups, mm-hmm. what they call the 1040 window mm-hmm. over in uh, Asia was the, became the big focus of all of them together. Focusing on that, I think it was about uh five years after that. Wycliffe. uh, Yeah, Wycliffe, Wycliffe, uh, to translators and and all of that. All of these different groups came. And after one of those meetings, uh, somewhere around, I'd say, 10 or 15 years ago, Steve Douglas wrote an email to all of the staff uh, and a a video where he announced that it is our, our conclusion the consensus of, of these world leaders and missions is that there are no longer any unreached, truly unreached mission uh, people groups in the world. Mm-hmm. We, there, there has, in terms of exposing the world to the message of the gospel, that they, it is their consensus that this has been accomplished. At that time, in fact, Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called CREW, changed its mission statement from helping to fulfill the Great Commission or helping to reach every every person in the world with the message of the gospel to more of a discipleship um, uh, purpose statement. Now the purpose statement is that uh, our, we work toward the goal that every human being on planet Earth Every person, every person on planet Earth would know someone, personally know someone who is truly following Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So now it's a little bit more, instead of more of an exposure type objective, it's a more of a discipleship growth uh, uh, perspective that mm-hmm. everyone would know someone in their people group, in their language, in their village, wherever, right. that that truly knows and follows Jesus Christ. And so uh, we've been, th- this is... Uh, to me, to us, to Suzanne and me, after 50 years on staff and, of course, being married as well those years, um, and, and this this comes really good and interesting to me to look at Isaiah and Jeremiah because these were two prophets that were extremely um, historic in the, the, their particular m- Times of ministry in the years of ministry were at a very key moment in the history of God's working on planet Earth to bring a people to himself. And so Jeremiah uh, began his ministry at about the 13th year of King Josiah's reign. <clears throat> he ministers for 40 years. His 40 years of ministry end in 586, 587, uh, I mean 585 uh, B.C., just after the temple is destroyed, Jerusalem is destroyed, the slaughter of, of millions, uh, the people of Israel are, are taken into exile, starting in 605 B.C., 597, and in, ultimately in 586. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel, all of those were over in, in Babylon during the time of the exile. Uh, and they were there for 70 years, marking... Uh, I won't tell you why they were there 70 years, because someone may pick up on that answer. I have asked you folks to give me a phone call tonight. I would like you to tell me two things. One, why was Jerusalem destroyed and the temple destroyed in 586 B.C.? And and there's not just one answer. I mean, you you don't worry, you're, you're... you're not going to call up and I'm going to go, you're wrong, you know, because there, 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 there probably were a number of great reasons. But I'm looking a little bit. I want us to think a little bit in 
in a in big terms uh, tonight in big the big picture. Uh, so if you can answer that, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. That's our phone number. I'd love for you to give us a call and tell us why, why do you think uh, that uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah here, both of them predicted and prophesied the destruction of the temple and, the, and Israel being taken into exile and destroyed, uh, Jerusalem being destroyed. Uh <clears throat> I'd like for us to discuss a little bit why that happened, when it happened, and, and so on. Uh, so if you would like to give me a thought on that, I would love to hear it, and I think we could all uh, benefit from that. And then I want to ask you the question about, okay, if we get a picture of what God did then and why he did it then, what might God be doing today? And 2021. Here we are with this worldwide pandemic, this plague around the world. The, the, the whole, the whole, all of planet Earth has been shaken to its core. We have doubled in population in the last 50 years, uh, over almost approaching that, 8 yeah. billion people. And much of that is, and that's hmm. not the United States, that's largely India, with South Africa, yes. uh, Asia, uh, which is. An interest. That's so. That's not us. <laughs> yes, r- r- amazing, remarkable things happening. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. met with one of our staff members uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, who is now returned to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a staff couple in our city that has just returned from 15 years living and ministering in China. Mm. Oh, and neat. boy, did we have a good discussion! I bet that was <laughs> yeah. so Whoa. interesting. Uh, what is he seeing? Yeah. What is he sensing? Yes. What? Right. What has he seen on the ground? With uh, yes, the people, yeah, right. with the people. Mm-hmm. What does he see? What is going yeah. on on planet Earth? Yeah. Is there anything? How is all of this playing out? If mm-hmm. you have a thought about that, what God is doing in our world today, and what what is uh, what is happening, what we should keep our eyes and ears open for, give me a call two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's our phone number, and I would love to hear from you tonight. No kidding. I really would. <laughs> okay, Stace, we're, we're going to move into the book of Jeremiah. Let's talk a little bit uh, about its history. Uh, the, the opening chapter, the opening book says, uh, These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, from the tribe of Benjamin, just like Saul and like the apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. The the Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. I got that right, didn't I? Guess right. Son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued through the reign of Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of Zedekiah, the final last king of Israel before the, Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. The Lord gave me this message. Listen, this is Jeremiah talking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you. And will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some of some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, while others you must build up and plant. Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah looked and he sees the first vision, the first of his many visions in here's in the book of Jeremiah that he shares. I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, that's right. And it means that I am watching. You see, the almond tree was one of the first trees to blossom in the spring every year. Mm -hmm. And it was a tree that people watch as a sign that, okay, spring is coming. It's on the way. The harvest, we're ready to begin the harvest time. So this was a sign. And so uh, I want us to look at the uh, Jeremiah. Uh, God predicted through him, told him what was going to happen. Uh, in his dealings with, with the people of Israel, and uh, even broader than that, his dealings with the world. And so uh, I want us to take and see what we can learn from Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah here, uh, and what we can uh, learn from him for our own, pur- our own times in which we live and the lives that we have today. What might be God? What might God be doing? in our world as well today. So uh, give us a call, folks, all during the next uh, hour, 210-340-9585. And um, he started his ministry. Let me see. Let me get a question out for you. Jeremiah preached to Judah during the reigns, the last 40 years of, of Israel's existence there, during the reigns of how many kings of Judah? How many kings reigned? Over Judah and the southern, remember, Jerusalem, uh, Samaria and Israel had already been destroyed in 722 B.C. So he reigned over the uh, during the reigns of how many kings of Judah? Don't go away, folks. The Bible Live will return in just a moment, and I hope you'll give us a call. 210-340-9585. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Oh, I like that song, Jesus, Friend of Sinners, of whom I am chief, as the Apostle Paul Paul said. (laughs) As the Apostle Paul said Mm -hmm. in the New Testament, which is very interesting, isn't it? 
I mean, honestly, here's this great missionary of the first century helped mm. ch- change the entire world yeah. by taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to all across this ter- terribly immoral, corrupt Roman Empire. Uh, and, and here he is. This, we, you know, we admire him. We thank God for him. We, we recognize God did an incredible thing through that man. And yet he says uh, of sinners... Jesus Christ came to yeah. save sinners of who I am chief. That was the answer. Well, the idea to one of your last Isaiah questions, our society urges us to be assertive, to affirm ourselves and build our esteem. God says he will bless those who have what kind of heart? From Isaiah 66 two. Yep. Those who tremble at my word, humble and a contrite heart. That's one of the great characteristics mm-hmm. of God's people. Mm-hmm. If you ever really yeah. want to know if someone is truly born again i mean i mean i know we can't do that yeah. we we can't judge but there are some characteristics the bible talks about mm-hmm. that are clear characteristics of anyone who whether he's uh, uh an inmate in prison or whether he's uh, an evangelist uh, all of his life or whether he's a uh, you know 12 year old innocent child or or you know mm-hmm. whoever it might be a praying mm-hmm. widow and so mm-hmm. you you'll see these characteristics in god's people one is contrite humility brokenness mm-hmm. uh, we know from whence we have fallen mm-hmm. we know that we are sinful uh to the core and you know even it, jeremiah brings that out what is that incredible verse jeremiah 17 uh i think it is uh the heart is deceitfully and desperately wicked all beyond all things who can know it is mm-hmm. that is that is that the i'm trying to find it myself right now uh, <laughs> uh the heart of man is deceitful above. Uh, mm. it, it, it talks about the, the depravity mm-hmm. uh, of man's heart. Uh, that um, that we uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And, and that is true. I I remember Bill Bright one time. Uh, I may have told this story before. Uh, in the latter years of his life, I mean, Bill. Now, Bill and Vonette were just. Very interestingly, they were just two little Oklahoma kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't, you know, big city, you know, famous, wealthy, rich people. They were just Oklahoma kids who grew up there. Knew the, uh, 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 I'm not sure he was a believer even before he went to California, but I think so. Probably a believer. Then he, he went to California. He established a, biz, a business, uh, candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he made confections, uh, mm-hmm. confectionery. And he lived in Los Angeles and attended a Bible study class at First at uh, First Presbyterian in L.A. I believe oh, it was. Thanks. I didn't know that. And uh, <clears throat> he was in a class, a, a very famous uh, Sunday school class. A woman uh, taught the class, and a number of great evangelical who men who became great evangelical leaders in decades to come were in her class. Mm. Uh, by the way, but Bill. Um, went deep, deep in his commitment to the Lord and, and, and heard his calling to help fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, and what made it unique, what made Bill, Bill Bright's perspective and what made his calling unique was that he was not a pastor. He was not um, you know, a seminary graduate, he was, uh, although he ultimately did graduate seminary, but he wasn't uh, a missionary or a pastor or a career ministry a vocational ministry he was a businessman Mm -hmm. and he looked at the great commission 
not as a spiritual objective or a great spiritual task to be accomplished, but as a a business enterprise. Like hey, we, we just got to get this done. Yeah. You know, it's and it like, wasn't in theory. God wasn't. <clears throat> no. Jesus didn't say in theory fulfill it. No. Bill's like he said fulfill it. He, yeah. said, <laughs> he, he knew said, exactly the, the world, po- so. three point eight billion people <laughs> right. on the earth. Now, how we're going to do this? We're going <laughs> to, and that was the that was the unique <laughs> perspective. <clears throat> I'm so sorry that Bill Bright brought to this uh, question of the Great Commission. And the two Bills, Bill Bright and Billy Graham, uh, were very unique, each one of them with a different perspective and a different approach, uh, God's different calling for their lives. But Bill's perspective was uh, reach the student world, reach leaders today, mm-hmm. students. Why? Because students are future leaders, mm-hmm. because students are available, students are idealistic, they're young, they're willing to mm-hmm. take a, a an and and take a challenge mm-hmm. and so he started out he and his wife only two staff members on uh, university uh california los angeles ucla the first year they saw 250 students trust christ uh they started discipling them building them teaching them how to share their faith with others and in the next year it multiplied and it multiplied and it multiplied and that was 1951 <clears throat> By the time your mom and I came on staff in 1971, 20 years later, there were something, if I remember correctly, a little over 2,000 staff. Okay. And these are full-time right. staff, which, which is really quite a, quite a leap from yeah. two to, to over 2,000. And then, uh, and, and then we were looking at the whole world, and, and uh, at that time had ministry in seven countries of the world. Now mm-hmm. Campus Crusade Crew Ministries in all over almost, I don't know how many hundreds of countries around the world. Um, So it's just been an astounding story. Uh, 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 It is a story of multiplication Mm -hmm. of, of how to, uh, how powerful spiritual multiplication is. Let me ask, uh, let me give another question to our listeners. Someone's going to need to give us a call tonight. 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. I'm going to offer you a job, folks. Ah. Okay? I'm going to offer you a job. Uh, it's it's a 31-day job, just one month, 31 days. Uh, for uh, But it's a very important job. John, you listen up here. You're going to, want, you're going to be interested <laughs> in it because <clears throat> I'm sure you're going to be looking for a job really soon. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, I don't know. Nothing. I don't know anything. What does that mean? I don't know a secret. You don't know. No, no. But but here's the job. <clears throat> well, you could, but you can have two payment plans. It's one month job, 31 days. But I'll give you the. You can choose between these two payment plans. Payment plan A is, I'll pay you a half a million dollars on day one, and whenever you finish on day 31, after the 31 days. I'll give you another half million dollars. So I'll pay you a million dollars for 31 days work. Okay. Okay? Or that's plan A. Plan B is, uh, let's take, uh, let's take the month of, let's say it was August. You know, like this has 31 days on the first day of the month, August 1st, I give you one penny, one cent. On the second day of the month, I give you, I double that. I'll give you two pennies, two cents. On the third day of the month, I'm going to double that. I'll give you four pennies. 
So now you've earned a whopping seven cents on day three. <clears throat> on day four, I'm going to double that, and you're going to get eight more pennies. So that's 15 cents in four days. Okay? So, and I'll just keep doubling, doubling what I paid you on this day four. I'll double on day five. On day five, I'll, it'll be eight cents and 16 and cents and 32 cents. Right. Okay. 32 cents, 64 cents, dollar twenty-eight, two fifty-six, five twelve, ten twenty-four, twenty forty-eight, uh forty ninety-six, eighty-one ninety-two, hundred and sixty-three eighty-four, you know, just doubling every every time there. Um <clears throat> So which payment plan would you like to be under? Would you like a million dollars for 31 days of work or would you rather get paid or would you rather get paid? Don't answer yet, but would you rather get paid one penny on first day and double a penny to every day for 31 days? Okay. So, folks, if you'd like to give me a call, 210-340-9585. I'd like to know how... Which pay plan would you choose? All right. We'd like to hear from you. And also we'd like to hear from you about why was Israel judged? Why was Israel taken away 70 years into exile? Uh, and, well, destroyed. The nation was destroyed. Uh, Jerusalem was was torn down and the people were scattered. Uh, remember in 722, the 10 tribes in the north were scattered and never reconstituted. Uh, by the uh, by, the Assyrians with their capital in Nineveh. So, what was going on? What what was happening? Why did that happen? And then, what might that tell us today? Does it help us understand what might be happening in the world today when there are seven point seven billion people? And uh, in the times in which we're living, the pandemic and all this stuff going on, Russia and China and Iran and Iraq and Islam and all these things that we uh, are bombarded with in the news. What what might be going on today? Give me a call, 210-340-9585. And then I ask you a simpler question. How many uh, kings reigned during the time of Jeremiah's uh, ministry, <clears throat> the 40 years of his ministry. How many kings reigned over Israel, over Judah in the south, during the times of his ministry? <clears throat> All right, let's see here. Maybe there's another question we could ask. Jeremiah's first vision, I already told you that, was a vision of an almond tree, and it meant that God is watching and he will carry out his judgment. The almond tree was among the first of the trees to blossom in, in their uh, their climate. And it was a sure sign that spring was coming. So this is why Jeremiah shares that first vision. Uh, the second vision is, uh, Jeremiah. what is Jeremiah's second vision? Maybe I'll ask it that way. You can read about it also there in, I think it's Jeremiah chapter 1. Uh, what is Jeremiah's second vision, and what did it mean? If you could give us a call, 210-340-9585. Okay, 210-340-9585. Okay, Stacy Lorene, <laughs> what did you observe and see in this? Is, is New York the second most populated or second or third most populated state of the United States? Uh I'm not sure. Between California, before uh, statewide, 
I'm not sure. It's California, Texas, I and think. New York, and uh-huh. Florida, I guess, are the big ones. Right. Oh, we've got a caller. Hello, caller. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what did you observe? What did you see? Um, well, it was, uh, it was, empty. it was interesting. It was not empty. Well, it it, it was empty. Um, the, the, well, the other thing is the very first weekend that we were there, there was a hurricane watch. Oh, that's true, and too. So, yeah. um, and so, on top of the pandemic. On top of the <laughs> pandemic. And I think that um, people have, you know, even just the with the stats and the census, yes, quite a few of the wealth in New York has moved. They've moved largely to upstate New York and down to Florida, um, mostly staying in the East Coast. And mm. they find that on the West Coast, a lot of them have moved to Phoenix, to Dallas, and to, what was the other? San Antonio. To San Antonio, <laughs> Austin, yes. And so mm-hmm. Texas has gotten mostly from the West Coast, Florida, and um, northern and, and other East Coast, uh, r- more rural areas, have kind of absorbed the New York City um people that have moved but the city is still i think it's 1.8 at least manhattan is 1.86 million people the square mileage of manhattan if i'm remembering this correct it's just crazy i think it's like 22 square miles it's small manhattan is mm-hmm. a really small island mm-hmm. when you think about it so the density there's about 71,000 people per square mile in manhattan and so, you know, when you say empty, yes, we went to, um, like on Sunday, we went to Grand Central Station. Just I wanted to show Will. It's beautiful. I love Grand Central. And, uh, you know, there's a big, there's a Marriott that's kind of right near Grand Central. It's boarded up and chained and you know, completely closed. It's just shut down, <coughs> didn't make it through the pandemic. Um, and then Grand Central itself, the food court, just empty, closed, closed, closed. Mm. Hardly anybody, no trains going. This was on Sunday, though, which yeah. was the hurricane watch. And it, it ended up going a little bit further north. And it, I think, even uh, became just a tropical storm. Mm-hmm. It was only a cat one anyway. But, uh, yeah, so that was a little bit sad. Sunday church was, was a little sad. Uh, most churches are still just online. Uh, I went to Redeemer. And they were in person, and that was great. But it was one of the first times they've come back together. Plus, after a summer, and it was a guest pa- um, pastor. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't a guest from another, but just a congregation wasn't their head pastor. And um, but it was it was still sweet. It was great, but it was definitely smaller. Um, yeah, we do have a caller, so let's yeah, go let's, to you. I don't want to keep. It's all right. Ready. Let's let Ruth come into our conversation. <laughs> How are you doing this evening, Ruth? Well, I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm so glad I just want to call and say. I want you to hire me for a penny the first day. <laughs> you don't care which pay plan you call. You, you take oh, either yes, one I of do. those. Okay. I want that pay plan. <laughs> which I want one the first would you day. like? The penny pay plan, plan. The one that starts with a penny. Now, why would you do that? I mean, the honestly, it every a million, day for 31 um, days. I know a million sounds good, but 42 million sounds better. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that I did the math. I'd heard it before, but I never memorized the number. I just did the math. If I remember correctly, the the 31st day was 21 million. But I don't know. Well, I got 42. No, I did it twice. I did it 42,929,673. Well, the very next day after 21 would be 42. So So you're you're probably exactly right. Well, 31 was 42, but yeah. Do you find that? 
that is, is so yeah. that is so surprising. I I ask the uh, normally I ask uh, the basic trainees at Lackland Air Force Base that the, I, I've asked I've asked tens of thousands of them that question <laughs> in one of our classes that we have. That uh, uh, what would you like? And they all I tell you they have a hard time. Yeah. I get them to raise their hands. How many of you want Plan A? You know you want that take that million. Mm-hmm. And, and about half the class always going, boy, I want they they kind of want to go be a for cap, plan right? B, right, right. but yeah. they're thinking, well, I'll just take a million. A million's enough for me. I'll just go with that. Yeah. And they yeah. are always well, I'm selfish. They, they're always <laughs> yeah. shocked when it when yeah. I tell them in the end how much it is, because we just I think we just underestimate the power of multiplication. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, yeah. And that's of course, for sure. that's what the Great Commission that Jesus gave us in the Bible is based on: is not go make converts, but go make disciples. Make disciples, right? A remarkable right. thing, and I, I think we've been, uh, I've been able to be a great witness of this. Of course, a, a dramatic example of that would be the growth and, and, and the expansion of this ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I'm not, I'm not absolutely. I'm not, many minutes. Yeah, I'm not trying to. Yeah. You know, it's well, there's a lot of ministries or, you know, like that. But yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's a remarkable example of two people who set out with that objective and go and 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 stayed with it. And here, yeah. 50 years later, I mean, you've got. I mean, honestly, the stories. And I, maybe I'll get around to telling a few stories you, even this evening. But you can have children in every nation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly right, yeah. Ruth. It, truly. Now yeah. let, let's take you back though, Ruth, and a, <laughs> ask you the you. question about. <laughs> about Israel in 586 B.C. when Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes over his armies and they there's a slaughter, they destroy, uh, millions are killed, the city is uh, ransacked and destroyed and uh, they're scattered, you know, taken 70 years into exile and so on. Tell me, it, 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 with all freedom now, and I, and I know you know your, your, the scriptures there, and why... Why do you? What are some of the biblically expressed reasons that the people of Israel experienced this judgment? Because they didn't trust God, they they turned from Him and started worshiping the idols of the heathens. That they, and they didn't destroy the people. So the heathens, they started worshiping the heathen stuff. Yeah, they were there to be a witness like to America. the heathen world. <laughs> They were there to be a witness to the heathen world uh, around them, and and, and they succumbed instead. And they succumbed instead to the to these practices, yeah. and 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 there are several other reasons biblically expressed that uh, it has been noted that perhaps were some of the reasons that they were judged. Uh, one is that they were commanded to let the land lay fallow every oh, seven yeah. years, and, and they didn't do it, and they didn't do that, and that came the the. The ten times they didn't do that, five hundred years or so, th- then that came up to seventy years, wow. uh, and that has been alluded to. Uh, I think there's a, a passage where it actually mentions that. Uh, I, you know what the advantage of that is? I, I think why, so. Why God told him to? I think it's because I think it, of the the, the land does better or something like that, right? Yeah. What it amounts to, what I understand, I've just recently heard this, is that. Um, if you let the ground go for a whole year, that it kills off all the pests and bugs and junk like that. I'll be doggone. Now, because I always thought, well, gee, you know, if you had a big ranch or a big farm or something, you could do every seventh 
plot. You know, every every year you could different different plot. Uh-huh. But if you did that, then those bugs would just go to those others, Crop and it wouldn't rotation. work. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, I found that very interesting. Well, but that God always knows what he's doing. Indeed, that, indeed, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, of course. And so science has even figured that out. It's better than crop rotation. <laughs> yeah. They've figured that out <laughs> somewhere many, along many the years line. Later, right? But God knows. Oh yeah, a lot. Many, many uh, centuries later. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah. But now let's take yeah. a bigger picture. And Ruth and I don't want to embarrass you or keep you on too long, longer than you want. But you, um, I want you to think bigger now than just Israel and what God is doing with them as a people group. But let's think about the global redemptive plan of God uh, that he is, uh, if you think about it, God, the human race began with two people. Mm -hmm. And and of course, with God, the creation of the part of creation was the procreation. Hmm. procreative uh, process. In other words, we have children and children and children and generations. So part of the original creation was the uh, each one of us are an outworking, each of our lives are an outworking of that original creative event because the procreation was part of Adam and Eve's you know, experience. In other words, God knew that the human race was going to grow and expand and multiply and grow larger and larger and larger. And so if he is going to put use the human race and harvest out of all of humanity through all the centuries and centuries of, of human expansion of the human race, then then God is going to he, he's going to have to have a process of 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 of, of um, revealing Stadium. himself progressively mm-hmm. to the human race as it grows and expands and multiplies around the planet. So you can see there are two processes there. One is the growth and the expansion of the human race. Another is going to be a process of revelation through which God is going to increasingly widen and broaden and sharpen the revelation of his redemptive plan for humanity as the human race expands. I don't know if you've ever seen that correlation. Uh, we're missionaries. We need missionaries to do that, and then parents need to do it. So mm-hmm. parents do it with their own children. Exactly. And missionaries do it with the rest of the world. Yeah, you know, and 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 the, and the body of Christ, the the people of right. God. The whole point is that we are to expand and multiply, and we've been par- part of that process. Part of that process that brings us now to almost eight billion people on planet Earth. Uh, in the last fifty years, it has doubled, and and and, and so through. <laughs> Now through we have technology, we have video, we have all this printed. Now the Bible, it is said that people on the planet, all around the planet, have heard the gospel message. Uh, What part did this destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem, what part did that event, and it is a historic event, both of the world and and the redemptive plan of God, how do you think the destruction of Jerusalem played into the overall objective? Well, it should have played into the objective in the sense that when they went to other countries, that they would evangelize them. There you go. Where they lived. Exactly. Out of this 586 B.C., when the people of Israel were taken out and just scattered, and even the 722 uh, destruction of Samaria and, and Israel in the north, out of that came the development of what is called the synagogue. Out of that is when these the people of Israel who were scattered through all, all the people groups and nations of the world, they started any time there are 10 Jewish males 
uh, of 12 years of age and over in a given community, they had to start a synagogue. Since the temple was no longer there, uh, then they started synagogues. And that's where that principle came. And, and guess what was there when Jesus came and Paul, when Paul took the gospel around all of the Roman Empire? He went first to the synagogues. <laughs> Absolutely. Play. God has a plan and he's working it out, isn't he? Thank you, Ruth, for calling in. You're welcome. You, you bet. bet. Well, there's our music. Our second segment is under the belt here already. You can give us a call, 210-340-9585. We can still talk about what might God be doing in our world today. Do we see anything happening in science that make us give us some sense of what God might be doing in our world today? Don't go away. The Bible Live will return for more from the book of Jeremiah in just a moment. This is The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. This is our final segment for the Bible Live this evening. I hope that you'll give us a call if you'd like. You've got something to share, something on your mind, your heart. Uh, maybe a question about the scriptures. Maybe a question about what it means to know and follow God. Maybe you'd like to kind of chime in on our question about what is God doing in in the times in which we are living. We are, uh, as I've been recounting a little bit of our own experience here, my wife Suzanne and I have been on the mission field. This is our 50th year to be part of the ministries of Campus Crusade for Christ. It's called Crew, of course, now, but uh, around the world, it has taken us to, oh, I don't know, a good number of countries, probably about 25, 30 countries of the world, Belgium, Germany, Holland, France, Spain, Italy, Austria, England, Ireland, Finland, Denmark, Monaco, Portugal, Barcelona, uh, Spain, of course, uh, Barcelona and Zaragoza for six years, Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, Panama, uh, of course, on on television across Peru, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, India, Mongolia, Korea, China, Singapore, and others. Just never in a million years would I have ever dreamed or thought that that I would have the opportunity and privilege of going to uh, around the world, living, ministering, and seeing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of men and women from other cultures and other nations. 
uh, and being be, help to be a part of helping to reach men and women with for the cause of Christ and make disciples in these lands. One of uh, the disciples that we made while we were living in Spain, young man named Javier Garcia and his wife, little wife Gemma, they were students at the University of in Zaragoza. Whenever we were there, we helped come along and disciple them and work with them and teach them and train them. And uh, Javier ultimately became the national director of the crew ministries uh, of crew in Spain. And now two years ago, he he became the director of all of the ministries of Western Europe. Uh, This young man, it's just an astounding thing to see someone fly higher and further than you do. Uh, And that's just a great privilege and thrill of discipleship. But uh, over these years now, just hundreds, thousands of men and women, I, I see faces at night when I go to sleep, and I I think of young men and women that we led to Christ in different places and sections. The other night, Suzanne and I were talking about this young Islamic man that that we led to faith in Christ in, uh, in London, in England, after a concert. During one of our concerts, Stacy, mm-hmm. we were singing at, at uh, Oxford mm-hmm. University, and we were giving a concert in the in the student commons there. And it's a seven piece band. I play the drums and the guitar and bass and we you know, there's seven of us and just a a great ministry, a wonderful, wonderful the time. Four, the forerunners. There are great pictures. They were called chat. the forerunners, yeah. Dad with long hair and it was pretty awesome. <laughs> with my little my little afro going on there. But but there was this uh there was this Islamic uh uh Arabic looking uh, student there in London and he was seated seated kind of in the front rows of of the bleachers and the people who were watching the concert listening and he was just staring daggers at oh. me I mean <laughs> I, I I could feel the hatred the resentment it was just oh he was just and of course we we not only sang but we gave our testimonies and mm-hmm. and and told about how to receive Christ how to know Christ who Jesus was and so on so we presented the gospel and so it was about an hour an hour and a half concert and, and it just well afterwards uh, we stayed available at stage, and people came forward to talk to us and to listen and you know ask questions, uh, ask questions and so on. And, and and he came straight for me, and we talked for about forty five minutes. And I have never seen a young man change so much oh. in in forty five minutes oh. from resentment and hatred and bitterness to to with tears mm-hmm. in his eyes, mm-hmm. praying and yeah. inviting Jesus Christ. Oh. To be his savior, and, and the next day we took him over a, a, a Bible in in, uh, in Arabic, and visited with him in his dorm. It was just a magnificent that the kind of stories over and over and over again you hear so and you see these faces of these people uh, over these decades now. Uh, but this has been an incredible time of harvest around planet earth and 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 again i want to stress as i did with ruth while ago this isn't there's not a a bit of pride or arrogance in this at all i mean if you knew my background where i came from this is i mean it's all totally grace there was nothing about me in it at all but just god's faithfulness and his willingness to use us if we offer ourselves to him whatever we have in our hand our heart our mind we give it to him and yield it to him He's going to take it and do more with it than than we would have ever dreamed. And I know many of you share that same experience, that same testimony, you, you, that God has done something in things in your life and with your life that beyond what you would have ever thought. It just it, truly, truly. 
and uh, it, it's an amazing thing. So, so let's just take a look at this now. These fifty years, the world has changed, doubled in population, and here we are now, about two thousand years after the coming of the Messiah, uh, which is about uh oh, that's about what two thousand years after uh, uh, after Israel uh, uh, after. Uh, Israel, who became whose name was changed to Israel? Jacob. Jacob. To Jacob went down into Egypt. You know, okay. two thousand years. So the uh, four hundred years they came out of Egypt and then and then uh, came into the Promised Land and so on. Uh, about fifteen hundred years before the Messiah came. Mm-hmm. So here we are in the timing of the earth. And, and now there 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 is one clear promise. Uh, some of you are very much uh, students of the end times, and you have picked up on all of these books about when Jesus is going to return and Armageddon and this and that and the other and uh, this kingdom and the you know the kingdoms of Europe you know the ten the re- restoration of the of the uh, European alliance you know the, and so on you, you, know, you know all the books I'm talking about there have been a, a lot of them in the last 50 years about end times but there is one end times prediction by Jesus himself that actually talks about he said this gospel will be preached around the world to every nation and then the end will come uh, and it, it's it intrigues me mm-hmm. uh, that we are living in a time when the when a clear objective was set out that every human being on planet Earth have the ability to hear the message of the gospel, mm-hmm. and and disciples would be made in every nation uh, around the world, uh, and that all would hear as a result of that, and then the end would come. Well, it, it, it is my sense that we may very well be living in just such a time. As that, I started telling you the story earlier of the, of the director of, of Campus Crusade and other very strong, the largest, most, uh, the largest uh, ministries, evangelical okay. ministries around the planet. And uh, the consensus seemed to be that we have definitely come very close now to seeing uh, that that objective of every person hearing the gospel. Uh, around the world, I remember being in Mongolia and uh, going through uh, apartment complexes and so on. And, and I, I remember this was about my third or fourth trip there to Mongolia. And uh, already there were little cartoon versions of uh, the story of David and Goliath and Jesus. Uh, you know the little cartoon. They were already on Mongolian TVs. Plan- and there was Jesus <laughs> speaking Mongolian. You know, and it's just yeah. remarkable. So it, it is. Um, we're living in. Astounding times, and so the question is what what can we learn then from what God is telling Jeremiah? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah was there warning the people, begging, pleading with the people for forty years to repent to turn come back to God, to trust god to to uh, turn away from their idolatry and their their corruption and their morality and and, and even but but they wouldn 't listen and it wasn 't not just not listening. I mean, they they very purposefully and very outwardly expressed their their rejection of his message. Mm-hmm. They're going to follow after the Queen of Heaven. You know, the women in particular yeah. particularly came under uh, Jeremiah's preaching and Isaiah's as well. But Jeremiah's preaching, uh, women actually 
took a leading role in the rejection of the message mm-hmm. uh, that Jeremiah brought, was bringing forth. Uh, and and uh, to the point, finally, where God told Jeremiah, don't even pray for these people anymore. Three times uh, uh, he's told, don't, it's, don't even pray anymore. Uh, it's over. Turn off the lights. The party's over. You know, what is it? Stick a fork in it. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, and, and that's another one of the pictures that come out of the Jeremiah. The, the people of Israel, the, the religious leaders thought, oh, no, that's not true. We're not going to be destroyed. It's not going to happen. Even though Jer- Jeremiah was telling them, you're going to be destroyed. And Babylon is going to come and do this. And you're to give in to it. You should, you should give in to uh, Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't listen to it. That's not going to happen. Why? Because we're the, we have the temple here. Yeah. You know, God, we're like a we're like a pot. We're like the meat in the pot. You know, we're we're protected here in in Jerusalem because the temple of God is here. And yeah, they were like the meat in the pot, and they got their meat cooked. Yeah. You know, they got, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and that's just what happened to them because they were. There, there was a lot of religiosity. There was a lot of outward uh, religiosity, and not, not all of it. Uh, of course, they, there was the sacrificing children to uh, to the false god of Molech there, and mm-hmm. that was in, in the valley of the son of Himon, Himnon, right outside of Jerusalem. It was a garbage dump, but that's where that's where people carried out these uh, sacrificing of children to the false god of Molech. There in, in the Valley of Himnon. Uh, so I think is so that and many yeah. other ways that similarities yeah. that we can see between Jerusalem of that time, Israel of that time, Judah of that time, and and maybe even our own nation. Mm-hmm. Although we're not Israel in that sense, right. but we, we we are. Uh, what you have to think about, folks, is how does how are we figuring into the harvest? In times when America was blessed, in the first 200, 250 years of our existence, America has been blessed, one, because of the consensus of morality, the consensus of truth of the gospel here in the in this country, mm-hmm. within the country itself. And then for the last 100 years, we've been essentially the, the driving force for world missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 75% of all the world's wealth... Uh, was here and we were giving, giving we were investing yeah. in reaching other nations. 75% of all the trained believers and, and mm-hmm. seminarians and so on were coming from our country, sent all over the world. Mm-hmm. Now we are, we're receiving nation mm-hmm. for missionaries from other countries mm-hmm. coming to re- help us reach America mm-hmm. for, for with the gospel of Christ. And, and so we, we've kind of have to see why, what role are we playing as a nation now in the harvest, mm-hmm. because we have to know that the harvest is uppermost in God's mind. I will be their God. They will be my people, reaching millions of, of men and women, boys and girls around planet Earth. And the more we are part of that process and in, in being used of God to further expand his kingdom, that's when we'll experience his blessing and his in his protection. Mm-hmm. But as we move further and further away from him and away from his purposes, uh, we can expect uh, we can expect God's judgment. Mm-hmm. We can expect God to move elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, use other nations, other peoples, uh, and and pass us by in and that hopeful, sense. And, and, and hopefully, though, in a way, I mean, you know, he does he disciplines those he loves. And yes, they're you know, and but that we would see those 
discipline, those times and moments of discipline as an opportunity to repent. There's always repentance. You can at any point turn around from 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 where you are and return turn to him and, and repentance and genuine yeah. and he's quick to forgive and to but there but there does need to be that, that turning around. And it begins with me. <laughs> it, it begins, oh Lord, let right, it begin. Right, Revi- right. Bring revival, let revival begin with me. That way I, I mean it, you know it you mentioned off the air and during the break, uh, Jeremiah 5, 1, how many just and honest people would it take for God to spare Jerusalem from destruction? Uh, let's leave that leave out there. Leave that out there? Okay. Folks, well, how, many, think- how many would it have taken? For, uh, for just God, and just people. one, in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1, run up and down every street in Jerusalem, says the Lord, look high and low, search throughout the city. If you can find... How many? How many just and honest persons would it take? I will not destroy the city. Isn't that an amazing thing? And remember, God, Abraham, I mean, God spared Sodom and Gomorrah Gomorrah for... uh, Came down to five, didn't it? I think it was pretty much... And then it was just Abraham's family, I said. Lot's family. Lot's family. That's right, yeah. Um, And so this is an interesting number. I guess we'll leave it out there. But just remember, they... That it didn't, whatever that number is, you fill in the blank, they were not found and it <laughs> oh, was destroyed. And, and it's, um, and so, it, you know, isn't no, that that's astounding? I mean, when you think about yeah. it, that is really remarkable. Right. Not one. Right. How oh, low can pretty well? Oh, I did. <laughs> no, not one. Not even one. One. One was the number. One. He just. If you could find, I guess Jeremiah didn't count in that. Is that? But um, uh, when you think of, you know, I, I cannot. I I can't think we're the, quite there yet. If you can um, find even one just and honest person, I will not destroy the city. Mm-hmm. But but even when they are under oath saying, as surely as the Lord lives, they are still telling lies. Mm. Lord, you are searching for honesty. You struck your people, but they paid no attention. You crushed them, mm-hmm. but they refused to be corrected. They are determined with faces set like stone. They have refused to repent. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from the poor? They are ignorant. They don't know the ways of the Lord. They don't understand God's laws and on and on. It's just a remarkable thing. And that's why I was kind of asking you, I mean, we know our city, we know San Antonio, and we've got a lot of problems. We've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pain and suffering. There's a lot of immorality. There's a lot of crime. Mm-hmm. Uh but here we hear about the godless Northeast, you know, those, those Yankees and how yeah. they, you know, they turned away from God and abortion and, and all the terrible things up there. That's what I was kind of asking about. You spent a week in New York City and the belly of the beast there. I uh, love New York City. I know. I love people. You Manhattan. love people is I what you love. I love people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, 71,000 people in one square mile. And you told me the story of a, a, a tall black man oh, yeah. standing uh, in yes. courageously in the subway, sure. in the metro there, Not giving, I mean, street, preaching the just, gospel. Sure, yeah. And uh, But, you, you know, you also go down Times Square and they're homeless. I mean, clearly not in their right mind uh, who strip down okay, yeah. and try to go to the bathroom <clears throat> every other block right in front of you. And, you know, I mean, so... He, it, people, because 
So I'll just say, our, our hotel room was 250 square feet for three of us. Mm-hmm. You end up living a lot of your life outside because there's just you don't have that much room inside. And um, so most of your day is out. And uh, you... You and just by nature of that, you really get to know each other pretty well, and you need each other. Um, you have questions about which subway to take, or what's the best, which direction, or is there a taxi over here? Or and people are just very used to helping one another out. If you have an answer and somebody has a question, you give them the answer. If you have a question, you you just ask and. It's and and I and so think people are civil and maybe not the, the the whole idea of the New Yorkers are being rude and crude and not yeah. very polite and that's changed a little bit. They're a little bit more civil nowadays. Or? I don't know that that was ever a correct uh, assumption. I think that people are always in a hurry and life is very hard. And so, you know, I don't know that people are going to necessarily come up and hug you and they're not going to chit chat and take a long time but do you ever see any evidence time to help did you ever see in your time there and i don't know maybe you maybe you yourself uh, talking with other people had opportunity as well even to talk to anybody about the lord or about spiritual things was was there any uh, signs or or on the windows or anything were there any indications that some people are thinking about that god is yeah, I mean, the on many of the buildings are um, in the churches and of the synagogue, synagogues, speaking of, there's scripture verses. There's, uh, you know, Teddy, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt is the face of the Natural History Museum. And on the plaque there, you know, very much talks about the virtues of, you know, Christian virtues for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mercy and justice and uh, and unity and um, and these things are very much connected uh, just in terms of the city architecture with scripture. There's scripture on buildings. And uh, and then as far as the people, um, you know, it was it's it's there's 188 countries are represented in that 22 wow. square miles. And so mm-hmm. of those one point six, eight, of course, million, that includes the United Nations, of course. Uh, and headquarters are in New York. Yeah. Yes, right. That's true. And so plenty of, I'm sure, ambassadors and different embassies. Yes. Um, so it's not necessarily big pockets of people. It could just be one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does, you know, it's, it's a lot of different languages. I mean, you head out on the street and you, you of course, we Statue of Liberty. There's a, you're going to get in the tourist spots, quite a few different languages. Um, but they're mostly families. They appreciate certainly what um, what nine eleven you know meant and how devastating that was, mm-hmm. and what had the precious. You went and saw the memorial, I oh, believe, yes. right? Uh huh. And um, I mean, there's always a sobriety there and, and an appreciation for life and how just delicate and how quick and fleeting it is. And um, you, did you know that the Great American Awakening, one of the great revivals that that swept across America, mm-hmm. began in New York City? I believe it absolutely. It began with a group of businessmen, a prayer meeting up in oh. one of their offices. Yeah, it, it expanded and so on and so on, and it's it became a, hard a movement. City, in a way, it's hard to imagine that just because it would take um, just such a kind of a a, um, a let. Uh, letting your guard down um, 
And so much of life really is, maybe this is why I like New York so much in a way, it's it's hard. It's just, and I think it's reflective of life in general. I remember Ma, grandmother used to always say, life at best is hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I think it would take a level of everybody just kind of stop a moment and let's really slow down maybe. Well, that's and what happened at 9-11 it was. for two weeks. My, I remember Tim Keller. <laughs> it lasted saying, for about two weeks. Well, that's what Tim Keller, he said, the Sunday after 9-11, the churches were packed. That hard, sorry. And I've done a lot of, it's fascinating what, you know, 9-11, it was just such a, um, I think, a helpless experience for so many. They had no idea what was coming. They, you know, even the 911 operators were telling people, stay put hovers to get into a place where you're safe and then stay put firefighters will be there we're coming to you having no idea you know the second building was going to hit hit or that it was going to collapse within the hour and you know they could they should have been go to stairwell c if they knew and there's just um after interviews with survivors survivors often would say there it's it's I went right instead of left, and that one tiny decision, I I didn't know why I made that decision, but I survived and they didn't. Thirteen people survived uh, the towers collapsing on them. Thirteen people made it out after it collapsed, and it's like God just, you know, and so once we, I think, go ahead and release that control in terms of life, and I think that that's what happened maybe on 9-11 and in general with New Yorkers or with all of us. Yeah. Um, God is in control. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And just every moment is precious. Use it to glorify Him. Well, we're going to continue through the book of Jeremiah this coming week. I hope you'll join us at thebiblelive.com. We'll see you back here next Sunday. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.